Namaste and in la catch and welcome to this week's episode of One World in a New World. I'm your host Zen Benefiel and we're going to have an amazing guest today. But before that, let's review what those two words or phrases mean. Namaste comes from the uh, Sanskrit, which spoken is actually the Brahmi, and it means the divine in me recognizes the divine in you. In Laketch, on the other hand, comes from the other side of the world. It, it's Mayan, for I am another you. Now imagine if we could just reframe ourselves and, and how we see others and deal with them and, and greet them on a daily basis from that place. Imagine the kind of massive change that could happen if we did that. Pretty cool, huh? Great. All right, so this week's guest is Tom Palladino, and he has really explored a, a, a new, maybe not so new, but a different way of energy, of looking at energy and how to use it. He is the founder of the Scalar Research or ScalarLight.com. Uh, he's a scalar energy researcher. He is uh, his objective is basically to improve the human condition with quantum technologies. Now, Tom's uh, been a researcher in the scalar energy industry, if you will, for over 25 years. He's used the information and, and patents and resources that folks like Tesla and Puri and uh, Thomas Murray and uh, a guy that uh, Hiram Nimitz, I think it is uh, maybe a, a close pronunciation of the word, but he's really delved into the science behind it and brought what he's found forward. Now, before I bring him on, forget that. Tom, glad to have you here. Pleasure. Thank you for the introduction. Zach. Well, you're welcome. Uh, and it's great to have you here. Now, as I understand it, you know, people are going to hear scalar light or scalar technology and they're going to go, well, you know, what the heck's that? So if I could give you my understanding of it, maybe that'll sure. help and, and give us some place to start. So scalar energy, there's two types of energy. There's electromagnetic, which kind of helps manage the pseudo-physical world, right? That even the physical world is 99% space from what we understand from quantum physics. And then the scalar, though, operates in that space, right? Is that, and so it's a different way of utilizing or accessing energy for however we can figure out how to use it. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I would say scalar energy is consciousness. It's non-physical. It's right. consciousness. It's 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 the mind, if you will, of, of the universe, the mind of God. Wonderful. Wonderful. So early on, I'm sure that, you know, having gotten to this level of your involvement with it, what happened to kind of um, reveal this potential to you when you were young? How did you connect with it? And what were the types of things that happened? You know, as a youngster, I, I had mystical events. I've always um, had a proclivity for mysticism. I think I've been gifted with, the, with that mysticism, if you will. And what do I mean by that? You, you have an insight. You have the ability to know something without deducing a, a, a matter. It's a knowing. It, it's, it's a higher learning. It's a knowing. It's an afflatus. And I was fortunate enough as a youngster to read about Nikola Tesla, the great scientist. And I knew that, that Tesla was onto something because many of his theories and inventions had nothing to do with electromagnetic energy. Later in his life, he was working with scalar energy. And I said to myself, aha, uh -huh, there is another energy. Uh-huh. He's on to something. And maybe yeah, there is quantum, that. Yeah, there is quantum energy. This man, Tesla, knew that. And uh, I said to myself, I'm going to try and pursue a, a career, an academic career, looking for, trying to understand scalar energy. It's, it's been time well spent, if I may sure. say. No doubt. Well, when you first began to, to discover, even as a kid or an adolescent or, or even a teen, what were the types of things that kind of indicated that there was something there initially, although you may not have understood exactly what it was? Yeah. Um, you see scientists always trying to explain certain phenomena, such as say a, a quasar. Let's look at a quasar. And many times they would, uh, the scientific community would be puzzled and they would say, well, this is not 
This is an anomaly. We just don't understand how a quasar behaves. It should not be an anomaly. It's scalar energy. So when, when you're looking at that from a scientific viewpoint, and you're trying to explain phenomenon in the universe that cannot be explained by electricity and magnetism, well, that's obvious. It's a it's a scalar energy force field. No, it's at least a different something. You know, you, you mentioned that this um, awareness that, that I think scientifically, there was a, a scientist that was brought on board the, and, and this is going to sound like it's from left field, but it really isn't, uh, the UFO investigation that Canada did back in the 50s, and it was funded by the Ministry of Transportation. The man's name is Wilbert Smith. And Smith was a well-respected scientist and uh, leader in his field. So what he became, he actually had conversations with what he called people from elsewhere. And he wrote these down in his memoirs, which, which weren't published until two years after his death. So I don't know if he expected anybody to read them or not, but it was nice to have the, the documentation, right? Well, one of the things that they said to him is that we don't understand the nature of the universe and we see things as anomalies. And what they say is if, if you see an anomaly, that just means that you don't understand it. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and there, there, are many, uh, there, there are many events that we could describe throughout the universe. Well, there's only two explanations. It's either scalar energy or electromagnetic energy. It's that simple. But sadly, the scientific community does not think of scalar energy. They don't consider the quantum dimension. And for that, you know, we're, we're, we're really, we're, we're in the dark. I guess the pun is intended. Unless you, re <laughs> uh, unless you well, realize and, and in that, that darkness, you know, one of the other things that they had said to him is that we live our lives half inside and half outside. So if we could equate that inside to the dark, we don't really explore that. We have no idea, you know, it's the etheric, the non-physical, the um, what, however, you know, the spiritual side of things, consciousness, where we have these interactions, but we don't really know what goes on. And, and like you're saying, quantum physics now is saying, hey, you know, it is true that how you feel and think affects your environment. Exactly. I remember Tessa remarked that once science would, would attend to and accept non-physical reality, non-physical science, that the scientific world would make a significant uh, leap forward. Uh, we, would, we would have great progress. But sadly, we're still stuck in that mechanistic uh, thought pattern. We're still stuck in that Newtonian thought pattern. Mm -hmm. Well, Isaac Newton was brilliant, but there's much more to physics than what Isaac Newton and, and even the theory of relativity gives. Right. Why? The theory of relativity is it looks at the world from, from that limited standpoint. It's, 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 it is relative. But scalar energy is the theory of absoluteness because this is consciousness and it transcends time and space, whereas the theory of relativity is bound by time and space. So what paradigm do you choose to work in? Do you choose to work in with this Newtonian construct where you are bound by time and space, you, you follow those parameters? Or do you want to work in quantum science where you are outside of time and space? You're no longer parameterized by time and space. Well, my druthers is to work in the quantum field. That has no limitations. Absolutely. And, and that's a fascinating place to go, but it's a, a vast unknown that, you know, when we consider things, you know, we, we've, as a civilization, right, it's, it, we've developed layer upon layer and, and developed through understanding and some science and industrial age and then the information age. And, and now maybe we're going to go to the consciousness age, right, where, where we learn how to bridge these concepts and things because they all work together somehow. Yes, they right. do. They, they coincide. They have to coincide. Yeah. Now, the quantum have, science. Sure. Do we have a, um, maybe a built-in design or system that, have, that you found that may lend to the bridging? Yeah, I, I, I would say that um, people, and we don't realize this, but our biological system 
and our etheric system, they coexist. Yeah, we, you can explain many of the events that we as people, um, our bodies will experience our electromagnetic in character, but the other hidden part is the scalar energy events that take place all day long in our body, in our mind, in our consciousness. So once we accept the fact that there's two energies, then there's gonna be two explanation for reality. Now, the human body, a great, great design that we have, the mind and the heart are scalar energy vessels. What do I mean? Anytime we think it's a scalar wave, anytime we think, uh, or excuse me, anytime we feel or have an emotion, that likewise is a scalar wave. So thinking and feeling are scalar energy emanations. I was going to ask you, how can you know, how would you describe that? And you did it perfectly. Uh, and, and it makes sense. And, and even including the third brain or the first brain in the indigenous wisdom that's in the gut, right? It's where we tune into or feel the vibrations around us, which are non-physical. Yes. And yet that transmits up to how does it feel? And then what do we do about it yeah. or with it? So, so some of the greatest quantum scientists were, were people who, who uh, perhaps were poets or musical uh, composers because they had that creativity. That's, mm -hmm. that's quantum science. That's scalar science. Can we so call that the, flow? Yeah, you're, 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 you're in your dimension, if you will. You're in your flow. You're in your, your, uh, your zone. Some people might call that. That's, that's the non-physical thought. That's non-physical consciousness. You know, it only I, I, makes I, sense. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, I, and I'm thinking, okay, how can that, where's another cross-reference? And, and this might be one. You know, athletes are said to be in the gamma zone when they're in their, um, in their flow, right? Yes. Now, that gamma zone is produced whether they're actually doing it or whether they're imagining doing it. And that's been shown by the, uh, I, don't, I think it's MRIs or, or anyway, some kind of brain scan that shows the same area of the brain lighting up the same way, whether it's real or imagined. So that would, in a sense, be a function of that scalar energy. Yes. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. No, it's so simple. I've said this so many times. Everybody in the world is a scalar energy expert. They just don't realize it. If, <laughs> yeah, if you, I know how if, I think and feel, but do you? Yeah, if, if, yeah. if you think you're a scalar energy expert, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, thought, human thought. Well, thought is never parameterized by time or space. Thought is an instantaneous process. Mm -hmm. So what is thought? Consciousness. What is consciousness? Scalar energy. So any thinking is a scalar energy waveform. Now that should be, that, that's profound and people should attend to that concept because what you think is what you project, what you, what you inherit. If you want to have a lousy day and that's your thought projection, then you're, <laughs> yeah, you're establishing- on the wrong side of the bed, right? You're establishing a lousy day for yourself. I get it. In, in, in part, it's because you projected that. Even though you may not have been aware of that, aware. one of the things that, that I find it, you know, in the growth of self-awareness, we do these yes. things and we create these patterns of behavior, um, whether it's inside or outside, and they're all based on the, the inattentiveness that we have to the relationship of how, of what's going on inside and what's reflected outside. Yeah, you're, you're right. So okay. uh, there, there's so much to, to be said about people who are instill positive notions or concepts to pray and meditate. Sure, do that. Be positive, pray and meditate. It establishes your immediate surrounding and then you project that out to people. And, and those people will validate their lives are much different by doing so. You're darn right. You're darn right. If I ever catch myself going down that negative trail, I just say, stop, <laughs> do something positive, and, and the day changes. Every day I have goals. Every day I have a positive outlook. And guess what? By six o'clock at night, I've had a productive day, Zen. It's that simple.
it's it's simple. This is this is not. I can relate now. For those who can't, or maybe can a little bit, but aren't sure how, right? So you mentioned when you recognize that you're having a undesirable or an undesirable thought, right? How do you deal with that? How do you make yourself aware and then be able to change that? You, you know, I, a very good point. I, I, I live in the world of reality. I see the world for what it is. I see the good and the bad in the world. And I say to myself, well, you know, I, I cannot be, become a part of that problem. I'm going to try and solve that problem. I don't want to augment that problem. So I always try to do something positive. And whatever, no matter how small, I don't consider it a small action. Whatever I do will serve to deflate a problem or improve the world situation. Kind of like the butterfly effect. It is. It yeah. is the butterfly effect. And I think a lot of people have to catch themselves and they have to say, stop complaining or stop fighting. That, that only it's puts gasoline so on the ingrained. fire. We are so patterned and programmed to go down that road, man. How, how do we, can we hitchhike out? <laughs> you know, you're right. It is a knee-jerk expression on, on the part of many people, but they have to catch themselves. They really have to say, what am I doing? It's not productive. You know, you see the role for what it is. You establish the fact that something's harmful or a negative consequence. But you, you don't dwell on that. Right. Okay? That, that will just bring you down. You look for productivity. You look for progress. You look for a more positive outlook. And, and you mentioned the simpleness of it. One of the things that comes to mind is a, an old mentor, great and good friend now on the other side, Kai D. Um, he was, had a doctorate in theology and, and was a rector for Dallas Sanctuary, um, not too far from where I live now. And being a Taoist, he said, you know, the, the simple side of that is things are either desirable or undesirable. And that's how we discern, at least on a subtle level to begin with, we may not understand or, or have the knowledge to really, you know, dive deep in, into why, but we don't necessarily need to at that point. If it feels undesirable and, you know, kind of feels ick, then you really don't want to go that way. Now, there are some times when uh, situations at work and relationships or, or, you know, engagement in the community where those kinds of things crop up and we have to step into them because it's in our field to do so. What do you do then? Uh, you know, I'll speak for myself. I do the sure. best I can. I do the best I can. If I can have a positive influence on a person or an event, so be it. If it's something out of my reach, I'm very realistic. I, I, I cannot reach everybody in the world. I cannot change every event in the world. So within my sphere of influence, uh, and this is what I think God expects of me, I, I do the best I can within my sphere of influence. Other than that, if, it, if it's a remote matter, if it's out of my control, all I can do is, is, is say a prayer. Yeah, and you bring up a great point, and because so many today are caught up in whatever we want, we want to call this narrative and what's being pushed upon us that keeps us afraid of each other and, and promotes yeah. that. Now, you know, and, and even in some places, there, you know, some people are calling it a police state with with what's going on now. And I was just talking with a, a friend earlier today about this, that, and what you say, all we can do is the best we can. We can only do that in our immediate environment. And it's my opinion and, and my experience as well, and I'm sure yours, is that when we do that as an individual in the place where we're at in the present moment with whatever is there, then the rest of it really doesn't matter. Right, right, exactly. You've, you've done your part, you've done your part. I've said this so many times, if the world is composed of 7.9 billion people, if everybody did one good deed a day, this would be paradise on earth. Because everybody then is responsible for themselves or their family, their immediate environment. 
they're at least thinking about that rather than thinking about survival or protection or safety. Right, right, right. I mean, that that's that's barbaric. You know, we're we're, we're not we're not we're not animals. That's my that's so several millennia ago. Oh my right? goodness! And yet we've that's... got this built-in system of memories in, in our genes, really, because it's passed through that way. That when those patterns come up in lives today, it's a much much different situation, and we have the ability to choose a different response to it. But we have to be self-aware enough to recognize that. You're, you're right. So how um, would you suggest in, in this incorporation of the scalar side and self-awareness, what are the types of things that, that maybe a person could do or, or what you did to help um, imbue or embody that on a more regular basis? You know, I, I speak to friends and family frequently and I encourage them. I, I think naturally, my natural disposition is just to be very happy I'm sincere, but I'm a happy, I'm usually pretty gregarious. I, I even have a wacky side, I think, to me. Anyway, lo, long and short That's is... a great thing, right? Yeah, long and short is be happy. Do your best. I, I, I think many people are really too hard on themselves. You know, if, if you fail, you fail. You did your best. I fail all the time. But those failures I learned from, and those failures really are, are success. That's a ladder to, to achieving my end. Sure. So I, I, you know, I try and live a very simple yet goal-oriented life. I've had some goals today, goals, and I've accomplished those goals. And I'm happy for that. And you know, at 5 o'clock, at 5.30, it's lights out. And I, I'll probably go to the gym and I'll work out. That's another goal that I have. And these are all wholesome life enhancing goals okay and and that's the key to my life i'm happy i have goals i keep it clean i keep it simple um i'm 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 very proud of of this path that i'm on mm -hmm. so what i hear you saying is that the the goals the the agenda for the day is probably one of the most important things that you could have and the ability to fulfill each one of those and some of those goals may be a little challenging, right? Those are always good. It stretches you to, to grow. And yet, the just the matter of fact that you have them changes the reality that you experience because you're active in it. That's where you put your attention, intention, and interaction toward, right? I, I'm going to say this. When, when people have goals or when they have this, this scope and they have this drive, one good deed leads to another. See, that's the key, whether people realize it or not. That's why I encourage people to be goal-oriented. One goal leads to another, leads to another. And it's not about being successful in life. It's, it's meaning the point is to have a purpose in life. And when you have a, that purpose in life, that, that drive, that, that understanding that you're going to achieve something and you're going to have that satisfaction, that works so well with people oh, and it makes them so happy. Some people are just frustrated because for whatever reason that they, they don't succeed or they never, they never tried or, or they were diminished from trying. No, go out there, do your best. If you fail, you fail, but at least you tried and you learned something in the process. Yeah. And the key is once you're on that path, you're on the path to the stars. You're you're not you're not negative. You're We're not, back too. We're stardust anyway, right? You're not you're not moping around the house, so to speak. So it really is a psychological set point. Once you develop that path, and once you realize that you're the captain of your ship, and that you're responsible for your happiness and, and your productivity in life, people take that very seriously. And I would say I would say the greater majority of people do accomplish that. And those those who do not realize that, and those who who undermine themselves, I simply say, stop undermining yourself. Do the mm -hmm. best you can, and and you will have a happy, productive, joyous lifestyle. Absolutely, and I think one of the ways of seeing that for the viewers to, to witness 
when you're in a room full of people, there are certain people that you can tell just have another level of, I'll call it confidence, right? Their, their character, their, their um, expression, the, their energy is, is just different and yes. it's attractive. Yes. Right. Where you might see somebody else that's kind of got their eyes down. They're not looking around. They're trying to hide. Right. And, and so they're one of those that, like you say, they're, they're more in that undesirable place and maybe not necessarily knowing how to get out of it. One of the guys that I read years ago, his name's John English. He calls this activity that you were talking about, setting the goals and, and moving towards it. You create a momentum tunnel. And I've heard other references that when you choose to take that step forward, yes. you do it with a conscious intent and commitment yeah. that the universe will back it up. Yeah. And all kinds of things will start coming in that you never dreamed possible or expected. Yeah. They'll show up. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. It becomes then a process. And once you're in that groove, boy, you know, I've seen some people, their entire life they've been in that groove. And they don't they don't get off the beaten path and they're they're very happy successful they live a wholesome life they live a life that's very productive that's productive for themselves and the people around them again if, if you could get 7.9 billion people to perform one good act one good deed a day for themselves or their neighbor this would be paradise on earth mm -hmm. And even if the, you know, those in the audience just do one thing a day, that's tremendously fulfilling, yeah. right? There's a whole different presence in that energy that you feel that then exudes into your environment. And it reflects back, at least in part, that perspective and, and where you're at with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you find that, one of the ways of determining where you're at, right, is what kind of reflections you're getting from your outer world. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you know, let's let's face it. We we live in an environment, and we we are affected by that environment, or we affect that environment. So, you know, the the notion you can be a candle in the middle of the night, you can be a candle in the darkness, and you can. Um, Try and surround yourself with good people. Try and surround yourself with people of, of, of like mind, people who, who want to um, create a better role. And if, if you experience people who are negative, try and, try and work with them. Th those, who, those who really are, are disparaging, you got to lift them up. Try and show them a better way by example. I think that's important, by example. People are looking at us all the time. And they're, they're always looking around. They're saying, well, why is she so happy? Why is he so happy? What is it? Right. And, and these are things that we think about, but we don't necessarily have conversations with others about because it gives us this appearance of being less than or diminished. or It's, you know, self-deprecation in another form, yeah. right? And so how you know, what kind of advice would you give to one who may be on the fringes of that or maybe even in deep doo-doo? If I see somebody, what I would call in a, in a negative spirit, um, I will certainly pray for them. And then I'll try and offer them one bit of advice. What I've seen is you have to take this in stages. And I've worked with some friends and I, I've helped them out with their personal life or their business life or, or their marriage. And I, I simply tell them, look, you're not gonna do this all in one day because you don't live life in one day. Mm -hmm. So just try and make one improvement at a time. Uh, going back to my thought, if everybody in the world would make one improvement a day, 7.9 people making one improvement a day, this would be paradise on earth. Well, if that doesn't take place among 7.9 billion people, it at least can take place with you. Exactly. At least with you. And, and you mentioned that the whole idea of patience, you know, that, so there's two of the five P's that, that I'm familiar with, and that's patience, perseverance, persistence, passion, and purpose. So you've mentioned patience and, and per 
purpose, which are <laughs> two ends of the spectrum. There's a sixth P there too, I believe, and that's called practice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so how, and that's what we're talking about, how to, how can we practice all of this and not feel like we further um, created a division between ourselves and others? Because oftentimes when, and even in the past, I know in my life, when I began talking about this stuff when I was young and, and um, you know, it's obvious I was brilliant, but I was, you know, perceived as being way out there and, and so not given much attention, mm -hmm. right? Kind of brushed off and, 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 you know, and so you long for this engagement with others at, at least a, at a similar level. So how, how have you noticed that that similar level can be reached with another person? What, what's the process that, that you use in order to elevate the conversation? Good point. Um, to help a person, you have to understand where they're coming from. You have to look at life through their eyes. Which means you have, have to take some time to ask some questions about them. Yes, you and do. Be sincere and, 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 yes, and vulnerable with them. Exactly. You have, to, you have to discover what they are going through. And then through your life experience, see if you can help them. That, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to teach them how to live their life but maybe give them an example of what has worked in your life. I remember years ago when I was starting out in business, I, I really latched on to people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who had business experience. Because as a young kid, I did not have any business experience. And when somebody was sincerely, well, sincere, and they wanted to give me some type of business information or some type of, some type of a, a object lesson, I would listen because I respected their experience. Mm -hmm. So in other words, they were, they were telling me how to model my life after their success. So that was the easy way. And I, I wish everybody would, did, would give me that, that education. It's well, a lot easier. That comes from sales um, training, I, I believe, in, in early schools with Zig Ziglar and Earl Nightingale and, and all those guys, they were saying the same thing. If you want to go do something, look for somebody who's already been there and go ask them questions. Yes. And you'll find that when you do, those that are, are genuine, they're more than happy. And sometimes even yeah. those that aren't, they're more than happy to give you their wisdom. Yes, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Now, what do you think causes us not to go find those people and ask those yeah. questions. I, I, maybe we're shy, maybe we're embarrassed. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. Everybody has to learn. Yeah. Only, only God knows everything. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. Ask, ask. I would almost uh, argue that point that if God knows, we know, because we're connected to infinite intelligence. Yeah, yeah right. The right that's true. To ask, right? Because that, yeah. that's, that's the crux of it. It's like, okay, how do we develop the questions that lead us in the direction that we want to go. Well, we start by curiosity, right? And, and yes. recognizing that, hey, yes. that's, 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 I'm curious about that. I'm intrigued about how that person has become so successful or how they've done this particular task to such impeccable standards, right? That we say, okay, how did you do that? Yeah. And then listen. Yeah, you're right. And, and you're right. Those people are genuine. A lot of them do want to impart what they've learned because they want to make this a better world. They want you to be a better person. And invariably, I, I see that they have a clear-cut plan, program, call it what you will. It's usually a simple plan, and they're disciplined. I'm going to repeat that. They're disciplined. disciplined. <laughs> they follow it. They right. actually believe in what they're doing. They're disciplined. They practice what they preach. And that's one of the things that, that most of us don't realize. We're disciplined. We're just disciplined in the wrong ways, right? We allow, so this is a discipline just to allow the, the process to go on and, and all these aberrant thoughts to come up, you know, because I guess we're kind of undisciplined, but in a way there's a, that's a discipline process that we just haven't become aware of in order to shift the discipline to a different 
perspective and we're all even just a subtle shift in perspective can open up a huge door for learning yes exactly exactly I, I, many times it's been said that <clears throat> somebody a parent or, or or somebody would take a child under the wing so to speak and just give them some pointers in life and that made all the difference just a little bit of direction and, you know, we've got great parents, we have great teachers, and God bless them, because that's what we need. We need that. You know, I look at myself, I, I wouldn't be in the position I am today without my parents and teachers and guides and, and, and people who instructed me over the years. So, you know, there's no shame to take advice, get, get good advice and, and follow that and have that discipline to follow up. And don't be shy. Right. You've got to and it's funny i'm thinking about you know conversations where there's been tension right and, and you can feel it and maybe it's the scalar side of things right where you can just feel that tension in the air and you're not quite sure what to do about it, but you know something needs to be exposed right so that the good energy can come in and when you address those things no matter how difficult it may be even if just saying hey I'm not feeling quite right. I don't know what's going on, but th this is, you know, and talking with the eye framework, right? First of all, then that seems to open up the ability to at least have a conversation about what that sense is and what's going on. And once that is open and, and um, open, I'll just say that there's a shift and both people feel it and it's undeniable that okay now we're, we're closer to being in the same place or, or we're closer to the, you know, like I said before that in La Catch we're closer to being I'm another you right yes. until that point you're, you're having this okay if we're the same then then why are we having some conflict or apparent conflict uh, another mentioned that mentor mentioned that there really is no conflict it's just miscommunication we understand differently yeah yeah you're right. It's 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 a different way of looking at, at a problem or, or a different understanding. And uh, there there seems to be a lot of problems today with semantics or or how we express ourselves. And instead of looking for what divides, you have to look what, for what unites. There, there's just too much fighting in the world. Of course, you're going to have diversity. You have 7.9 billion people. We have to learn to get along better. Absolutely. And the diversity is really the magnificence of this world. And America, for one, uh, has been a place where, you know, people from all over the world have come and, and we're, what, 250 years old in our culture, a little older than that from the indigenous, but we haven't paid attention to the indigenous as of yet. Yeah. Um, and yet here we are with this tremendous opportunity because of the diversity in the United States, which I don't know, but I can probably say with some surety that we're the most diverse country in the world. Now, how do yeah. we, how does scalar energy mm. assist mm. that process of embracing the diversity and utilizing its facets to bring us all up? Mm. Good point. Well, let's look at scalar energy, quantum energy. It's infinite intelligence. It's shared by everybody. And um, although we come from a different background, nonetheless, we all share that commonality, that common life force energy. The carbon so atom, is, for instance. Yeah. So what, what, is, what does that mean? Well, regardless of your age, your disposition, your genetic disposition, your, your background, your cultural background, it's scalar energy, it's quantum energy, it's consciousness that, that is essentially going to be responsible for your being, for, for maintaining your creation. So we can go back to the unifying approach, which is consciousness. It's, it's the mind of God. That's what's going to unite us. That's what created us. And now the diversity is, is the effect but if you go back to the cause, scalar energy or consciousness is the cause. That's one of my key points with scalar energy. I want to unite the world. 
consciousness, the mind of God, this unifying principle, call it what you will, quantum energy, is going to unite mankind. It has to. It's the cause. Well, it would seem deductive, logical, that being built by design with that in mind, pun intended, that we would, from this quantum perspective, actually be living in quantum entanglement in a unified field. And we're probably that already. We're just not recognizing how deeply we are and how we have been ineffectual at handling it to date. Yeah. Yeah. So how could we, how, 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 right? How would we be able to, on a simple level, um, be able to maybe have a, an understanding, a greater understanding, and the ability to implement that? You mentioned prayer earlier. Mm -hmm. um, what would that be? What 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 kinds of? Is there there's there's two thoughts of that or, or two schools one is that you know you can pray for anybody as long as it, you know you're asking for their divine will or whatever but then there's the side of permission right and if they if a person doesn't give you permission to pray for them then are you you know pushing your will upon them or, or some others so I, regardless of that um, I, I understand from what you're saying that your prayer is with the best of intent for their highest and, and best use right yes yes so what kinds of things do you go do you go through or, or thoughts do you use maybe even phrases that you might use that others might be able to to tap into and use for themselves you know that's a good point when, when i arise every morning i commit the day to god and to his will so that whatever happens whatever transpires you well, know, you've I, got a gender now do you Okay, well, I, I, have that, <laughs> I, I, have, I have that blessing, if you will, that yeah. blessing from God. Okay. And I, I think it's important to start the day off with that type of direction. You know, regardless of your culture, your religious uh, affiliation, have some type of direction. And the day seems to follow through. It's be because you started off on the right path. Mm -hmm. No, there, there's been days that, you know, I, I, I shake my head and I say, well, what, what, why is, why is the world this way? I, I get out of that, that, that negative funk right away. I, if, if that ever happens, I get out of that. I do the best. I'm married. I do the best to have a good day. I take, support my wife. And I, I live in that state of bliss, if you will, in my home. I can speak for my home. I can't speak for, for everybody in the world. But that's where it starts. Sure you know, it does. I taught high school for almost a decade and I, inner city schools, right? And yes. both regular and special ed and self-contained and, and all the kinds of stuff that most teachers don't want to touch. Just because I, I thought, okay, I have the opportunity, why not? I'm not necessarily trained for it, but um, I felt like I could handle it. So I did. But what I found was that you know, you got kids raising kids and parents that have no idea of how to establish harmony in the home and how to, you know, talk to their kids from such a place. So what, what yeah. did you find in your relationship that allowed you to bring that harmony into your home? You know, it, you're a good, that's a good point. <laughs> You always look, you always look to as to how to improve a situation. You know, there are some people, you know, God forbid, that they look at a bad situation and again they put the gas on, on the fire. You, mm -hmm. You've got to put your ego aside. Try and make make every day a good day. Don't get in arguments. I, one of my mandates to mankind is to stop fighting. I'm going to repeat that: stop fighting. Because that's the that's a road to nowhere. That's that's the road to chaos and confusion. And if even you fighting yourself, some people would argue that you have to annihilate the ego. So they're fighting their ego rather than embracing it, which then can transcend to ego. 
which is the ultimate purpose of ego, right? Is to learn how to work together. It sounds kind of silly, but, and yet that's a practical application of really understanding, you know, the ego is okay. I, I see, I want to see the world happen. But there's a path, there's a disciplined approach. It's a very simple approach. And be the change that you want to see in the world. You've heard that so many times. Oh, Gandhi has made with, that famous, right? He, he did make that famous, but and he was absolutely correct. Absolutely. Okay, you, I agree. You have, you've got to start with yourself because then you, what you've practiced, people can see and, and they'll want to emulate that. But your duty is to work with yourself first and foremost. It's your responsibility. Many people say, I've heard this before, make your bed in the morning. What does that mean? It, it's, it's a good, it's a tool. It's a mandate. It's discipline. Okay. Now, it's, is that it's necessary? It's cleanliness too. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> you know, your personal space is evidence of how clean you are inside. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And how organized you are. Right. So, so these, the, these uh, if you will, practices, the, the, these expressions that we're speaking of, all of this lends itself. You know, it's, this is part of that, that roadway to happiness, that roadway to bliss. And I look at my home, I like things to be organized and clean. Why? I like to be an organized and clean person. <laughs> it's easier to live that way, right? It, it all goes hand in hand. You know where everything's at. It all goes hand in hand to me. So, <clears throat> I, you know, this might sound prosaic to some people, but it's a good exercise. And if if you put this into practice, then it becomes part of your life. And it doesn't take long to do so. No. Now, let's look at the scalar energy a little more in depth and, and the specific work that you do with it. Could you describe kind of how you work with it and what the ultimate goal is of it? Yeah, I'd say the ultimate goal of scalar energy or any technology is to help mankind. Okay. And the fact that scalar energy is, is a fundamental uh, energy, it's, it's a prime, the prime mover of the universe, then I feel blessed that I'm working with the cause and not, not a... a uh, of the effect, if you will. Sure. So why do I put such emphasis on scalar energy? It's consciousness. It's responsible for our universe. So if we can control the cause, scalar energy, then you can dictate the outcome. You can dictate the effect. So you're saying we are co-creators? Yes. Oh, and, wow. that's, and that's exactly what God wants us to be. When we learn to master... Yeah, we're, we're told we're sons and daughters. What the heck are we when we grow up? Well, we may not have the magnificence of the Almighty. However, there's still there made are certain abilities that we do have as a result. Yes, I believe we're made in the image of the Almighty. And, and one of those gifts is, is scalar energy. What do I mean by scalar energy? It really is the intelligence or the instructions of the universe, the intelligence of God, the blessing of God. Now, would you say that also could be a frequency? So I, I don't, I try and shy away from frequency because that limits it. Because a frequency describes a waveform that, that over time um, modulates. So I don't call it a frequency. I simply call it omnipresence. How's that? Okay. Well, the reason I'm asking that is because many people report that, that are on this path that we're talking about and trying to, you know, assimilate this unification process they report hearing or sensing very high frequencies and so i'm just wondering if there's any correlation you know that that's a very good point if scalar energy is is really the mind of god it's the highest it's the highest call it vibration harmonic call it what you will because it, it's a direct expression from god and I think a lot of people pick that up. You know, a, a scalar energy instrument is not an electrical instrument. It's it's a, a very refined, a very it's a perfected state of being. So a scalar energy instrument broadcasting consciousness or that knowledge or that that omnipresence 
it's a different state of being. This is not, like I say, this is not a stream of electrons. This is not electricity. Right, right. So you mentioned a perfected aspect, right? One of the things that occurred to me as a possibility is that by or with this natural design that we have, that we also possibly have a perfected form, fit, and function in the world that is aligned with that purpose you were talking about earlier. Yes. Yes, it is. And, and what I'm trying to get at is you call it the matrix consciousness. Everything complements one another. There's no division when you're on this path. I can't tell you how, how simple and direct and disciplined my lifestyle is. And it's without, without any type of what I would consider negative consequence. There is no diversion. Um, it's, there's not a sense of unhappiness. Why? Because I'm on that path of consciousness. I'm united with God through scalar energy. The, so the, there is no downfall. There is no pitfall. It's only happiness. It's only success. Call it what you will. Some people like the word success. Oh, so you're from Bhutan, Congress. huh? I'm sorry? Yeah, I said, so you're from Bhutan. The yeah. national product is happiness. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. And, and there, yeah, that, that embodies the spirit. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And, and you know, and, and what from what I can relate to what you're saying and, and being able to at least, you know, maybe reframe it in different ways. You're saying the same stuff that Bruce Lipton does, the same stuff that Tom Campbell does, that, that we all have the ability to choose how we behave and the thoughts that we have, the feelings that we have, and that ultimately by doing so, we can actually change the programming of our DNA. Yes, you can. You're darn right you can. Yes, you can. And uh, not only ch change your DNA, but, but, but change your persona, change the way you look at life. And, and well, being that all an, an evolution of, of what is in, in our DNA? I, I realize that there's two sides. There's a nature and nurture. But I, had a, I met my birth mother after 61 years. Oh, really? Right. And my wife saw similar patterns of behavior okay. in us. No. And she just guffawed at it. And I, I saw it too. You know, it's like, okay, so there was no nurture here. This was no. all genes. Yeah. No. And it was just amazing. It was a bad pattern, but it was just a pattern. Yeah. Right. And it's like, okay, so that also gives evidence that, that these things are passed through genetic lineages and that ultimately we still have the opportunity of recognizing those patterns and changing them according to the needs. Yeah, yeah. That, you make a good point. I, I think our DNA is, is frankly a standing scalar wave. I believe um, scalar energy consciousness is embodied. It is the driving force, the animating force behind our DNA. So what well, am I getting at? Another thing I'm going to throw this out and see if this makes sense to you. Okay. Take the Tao, the symbol, yin and yang. Yeah. Could that be, that's a two-dimensional symbol, right? What if we looked at that from a 3D perspective and could it be the, um, the outpicturing of the spin from the light and the dark mm -hmm. of our DNA? Because it, those, the helix, right, are in the two spots within and gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? You know that that's the power. And and one of the other things that's fascinating is hydrogen is the most prevalent element in the universe, right? Yes, yes. It's also the bonding agent of our DNA. Yes, it is. Hydrogen. So all of these little things are there for us to discover that gives us, in my mind, the uh, more of an impact of the continuity and the congruence of the structure of the universe and our ability to understand it more. Yes, you're right. If, if you look at a scalar wave, it's the exact ratio and proportion as to our DNA, human DNA. That's no accident. Hmm. So, so we are star energy. We are consciousness. And that's oh, embodied. <laughs> that's embodied in us. You, know, you have to ask yourself, why does DNA form 
And what keeps it in that double helix package? It's got to be intelligence, right? It has profound intelligence. Right. And it's all profound in that somehow we figured out how to, as co-creators, right? We figured out how to condense into form. Or we were given the permission to do so, and then everything else happened as a result. But still, it's that cosmic consciousness that condenses into this form that gives us that access to the infinite intelligence and the ability to move in this world with relative ease once we figure out you know, the self-awareness necessary to do so. It's a fascinating. Uh, it really is. It's, it's, it's unlimited. What we've ventured into is unlimited. And, and once people realize, once you get in that train of thought and you realize that there's a quantum dimension, th there is no limit. Your, your life becomes a playground. I research all day long, but it's, it's as if I'm in a scientific playground. This is easy. This is simple. Right. You know, I, I know a lot of people get up in the morning. It's a nine to five job. It's drudgery. I, I feel for you. I don't have drudgery. I have bliss. Yeah, yeah, which is what we hopefully all desire. And and yet in that process, you know, the like you were saying, the how people get up in the morning and and that you know, you've got a depth of intelligence that is probably rare, right? And not everybody's gonna be able to grok what you're saying from scientific standpoint, but from the simplicity of what we spoke or how we have had this conversation today, that might filter through and make sense, right? Because it, it's about making sense common. Yes. Right? Yes. We've got to understand how sense is made and then make that sense common. And we also, then we also have to make this so appealing to people. You have to tell people that not only is this simple and easy, but it will make you happy. Try it. Try this lifestyle. Try this mindset. You know, that's how you attract people. They see the benefits. They see it's easy. It's non-threatening. Okay? Non-threatening. They'll do it. Right. Yeah. Test it. See whether you get results or not. We know you will. Right? Because we've experienced that because we've tested it and probably tested it much more than most people do because we want to know because there's, you know, like we were talking earlier, there, there's this opportunity we have of learning how to operate in quantum entanglement with the unified field, which reveals that perfected form, fit and function that we are and gives us the ability to go way beyond doing that one nice thing a day. Our lives become that one nice thing. I know it becomes simple. It yeah. becomes simple, and not to do that becomes foreign. It becomes strange, right? And once you have an experience of that, even if it's a moment, just to realize, oh, that was weird, right? How did that happen? Well, yeah. it, just remember that sensation that is usually filled with awe, first of all, and then you begin to notice the synchronicities that indicate that situation is either about to happen or in process. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's how, how aware are you of your environment? And most of us have the, the blinders on the tunnel vision because we, we're, we're after something. You're right. You're right. We don't see the big picture and we limit ourselves. And uh, you know, I, I look at opportunities in my life. And again, some of those opportunities came through failure or those opportunities came through um, a divergent path. They weren't failures. They were just learning lessons. They weren't failures. It's, it's something that I had to experience. It was just a, a circuitous route mm -hmm. to, to the path. I've learned to call some of those excruciatingly fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can relate to that. Because um, in, in process, when you're in the middle of it, it surely isn't fun. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know from experience, about the process that it will eventually resolve itself and, and everything will move up a notch. Yeah, you're right, you're right. It's, you have to punch through the envelope, sure. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's something you have to experience, something you have to go through. So let's say, let, let's look at 
today and what's going on in the world, what kind of advice could you give to the person that's facing this seeming chaos mm -hmm. and how they might get to the order which is embedded within it no you know you have to understand why is there chaos and and you realize that there's an engine behind this chaos that this is man-made chaos this is not by accident and you have to understand who's behind that chaos and to avoid that so i'm, I'm not going to preach about this but you, okay. you really have to take a good hard look at the world and say, why are we in this chaotic state? Well, I wonder if because of that infinite intelligence and its management of our affairs in order to move us all forward, that this too may be part of that process because right. we don't change until we get so uncomfortable with the way things are that we can't stand it anymore. Yeah. I, I, I've been floating that idea, and I agree with you. Um, some, of the, some of the most trying times would lead to a renaissance in mankind. Let's hope that um, the past two years with the pandemic and the confusion that we've had, let's hope that we, we come out of this smarter, better. We, we, we develop a, a way of understanding what the problem was and, and changing our lifestyle to reflect that yeah. so that we need to change. We, there's something we need to do to improve. And, and the animal kingdom just voiced its opinion too. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I like what you're talking about. Or at least that's how I heard it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that these kind of conversations, this kind of energy has a, a widening effect and and i believe that like you and i talking you were talking about doing the things this is one of those things and by us being able to have this conversation and uh, for lack of better using it where two or more are gathered there i am also right so that i am infinite intelligence has the ability of using our conversation to see the thoughtmosphere whether people actually hear the words or not and from a scalar place, would you agree with that? I, 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 I agree. With, okay. I, I, I concur. So what do, what do we learn from, from the chaos that we see around the world? Separate yourself from that and do the best you can within your sphere of influence. Don't become a part of the problem. Become a part of the solution. Remember, you are the candle in the darkness. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that. Don't, that don't let that compassion? drag you down. Absolutely. And it doesn't, you know, I'd say, where, where does that start? It, would that start with compassion, which means on a, a functional level, putting it on pause, right? What, wherever you're at in your head, put it on pause and try to understand where the other person's at. Exactly. Exactly. No, you don't. And nobody thinks like me all the time. I don't think like everybody all the time. You have to be compassionate. You have to see the world through their eyes. You know, what, what, what they've experienced is, is entirely different than my life experience. So instead of fighting, we have to understand why and try and ascertain why we have such chaos. And then just make those necessary steps to prevent that from ever happening again. Cool. Tom, this has just been a really wonderful conversation that a lot of nuggets for our audience and i certainly gained from it as well then um, the more Thank we you. talk about these things the easier it becomes to do so right yeah. uh, so after after my 61 years on uh, of of experience uh, my adage is just be happy you know love god love your neighbor love yourself do the best you can uh, don't, be too don't, don't worry be happy yeah don't be too hard on yourself you know you, there's only so much you can do your sphere of influence that's what you're responsible for you know in a distant land you have no you have no immediate influence over there do the best you can and be happy maybe someday you will because of the level of activity that you ascend to in the world 
but that doesn't matter in the moment. Correct. That live the moment. Unfold. Exactly. Live right now. Live the moment. Good for you. Cool. And good for you. And thanks so much for being with us. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. And namaste and in la catch. Thank you for being with us for this episode of One World in a New World. I'm Zen Benefiel, your host, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>